Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast for each week we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, you seriously never saw Bound, or... Come on, you never watched Twilight Breaking Dawn, or... How have you not seen Moonstruck? again and thank you for joining us for how have you not seen i am your co-host caroline thompson i'm carson betts and this is a podcast for each week we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen we talk about it then we go and we watch the movie uh then we talk about it some more it's going to be a real good delightful sweet time this Woo! week yay so carson yeah last all last last season you got the whole month of february you you crammed a bunch of romantic films down my throat oh yeah showed me so many classic rom-coms and yet how have you not seen moonstruck this is a good question this is a very good question um i i I, i don't know that i have a great answer to this uh I think this is one of my mom's favorite movies. I'm pretty sure. Hell yeah. Makes sense. Cause she just like, she loves shit like this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have a great answer for that. Honestly, I probably should have seen it a long time ago. I'm sure I'm going to dig it, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. Well then that's fair. Then in that case, what do you know about Moonstruck? I know that it's got Cher in it. And I know that it's got uh, my man, uh, my man, <laughs> Nicholas Coppola in it. Uh, yes, yes. His his government name. Uh I, and it's like a rom-com and I don't really know I don't think I know anything else about it really. Really? Yeah, I'm like I think I think it's a different movie that I'm thinking of though. What? This is not there's no time travel in this movie, right? <laughs> no, there is no time travel in the Moonstruck. Okay, so then I have uh, nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have boring answers to these questions this I week. do I, really want to know what movie you are thinking of with time travel. I'm thinking <laughs> of, what the fuck is it called? It's called, uh, uh, um, I don't know, I'll look it up. Caroline, you keep talking, I'll, I'll find out. I know what I'm thinking of, I just can't think of the movie. Okay, well, damn, well, shit, I mean, if, if you don't know anything about this movie. No, not shit. I mean, well then, well then, I guess let's just go ahead. Let's just jump into our little game. We'll keep the first, the first bit short this week, because this, I mean, this really is one of those films that like, it's just a treat, you know. Like, I, I, I would love to sit here and talk about how, like, oh my god, it's so important because it just like it changes the game, it revolutionizes cinema, it revolutionizes like whatever, like tech or technique or craft or whatever, and like. I'm sure somebody smarter than me can talk about how it probably does do all of those things, but it's really just a sweet little movie. Yeah. That like kind of just like, there's not, there's not a ton to like spoil in it. Cause it's kind of just like, it's just, it's just a nice little vibe. So in that case, we are going to move on to our little game. And uh, this week we are going to be playing a game of Rotten Tomatoes, The Price is Right. Incredible. Um, for those of you uh, playing along at home who maybe have not listened to the show before, 
this game works pretty much exactly uh, exactly what it sounds like. I have selected three movies and Carson and I are going to guess the tomato meter scores on those three films. Closest without going over wins. Best two out of three wins the week. Carson, are you ready? I'm so ready. Like like, like every week on the show when we play this game, we're talking about the, the film of the week. First film, Moonstruck. I mean, this thing's in the fucking Criterion Collection, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. 95. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Putting my chips down, you know? Mm. I think... I have never heard even remotely a bad thing about this movie. I'm I'm saying... I'm going to say 97. Damn. I'm going to say 97. All right. Um, Because I really... I really do think it's probably that... That beloved. Um, The next film that we are going to be talking about this week is... The 2009 film, I believe. Um, of course, when I search it, I get uh, I get results for the moon because the film is Moon. Oh, uh, um, believe it or not, when you just type in Moon into yeah, Google, you just it brings up a lot of things moon. about the celestial body. That's yeah, the 2000, why? It's 2009. Why would it not just give me pictures of Sam Rockwell's face? Um, uh, I mean, that movie's like a cult classic. Like, people dig the fuck out of that movie, but it's not super well-known. Um, eight, 82. 82? Yeah. I'm going to say 86. Mm. 86. I was kind of thinking that, before, but I dropped a little low just to be, just to be safe. Just to be safe. Yeah. And then the, uh, the third film we are going to talk about is a film which came out earlier this year moon fall hell yeah i fucking love Moonfall. movie's so it? yeah i've seen Moonfall. i saw Moonfall in the fucking theaters the movie's dumb i unfortunately did not make it to see it i wanted to though i love patrick wilson God, he is my boy he's great well documented that he is my boy he uh is pretty good in moonfall actually um that movie is dumb in a way that like <laughs> you walk out of that movie and you're like, like I enjoyed it, but I also know that like I lost some brain cells. Um, I am stupider for having seen it. Yes. 21. 21. I'm going to say it's, it's old enough to drink, but just barely. Shit. Cause I was thinking upper teens. Hmm. But I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say 26. Wow. Let's say 26. I think you're, I think we both of us maybe gave Moonfall a little bit too much credit, but maybe, maybe. Um, Okay. All right. Incredible. All right. I'm excited. Let's go watch Moonstruck. Yeah. Let's, let's go. I want to see it. And we are back. We are back. Carson. Yes. We just watched Moonstruck. Yeah. We just watched Moonstruck. I'm Are you struck, struck by the moon? Yes. <laughs> Wait, give me, give me, give me your, give me your, uh, your, your, your opinion fresh off watching I just, it. 
I feel like I have no particularly interesting or hot take on this movie. It's just like absurdly charming and the performances are all good and it's really well written. And I just, I mean, I loved it. It was really cool and nice and good. So we do have a little game to get back. To. Yeah, we do. We do. But before we do that, I do just have to ask Carson. What is that? Why do men chase women? Because <laughs> they're afraid of death. <laughs> is that what you think no it's because women women hold a, a, a fresh a pie fresh from the oven and it has smell fumes and man so hungry for pie he gotta chase after that was a not like answer. a cartoon that was a very good non-answer good. anyway then let us get back to our little game yeah we played of course, Rotten Tomatoes, The Price is Right. So the first film we talked about today was Moonstruck. Uh, Carson, you guessed a 95. I guessed a 97. And so, okay, Moonstruck is 93. Shit, so we double bust. So we both barely went over. We both barely went over, which, like, fair right. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like if this film was newer... I feel like it would be ever so slightly higher just because of the percentage. Cause it's like, you know, the team yeah, that reviews it yes. probably has, uh, probably knocks it down. Whereas yeah, you get it. Average. Yeah. We talk about this. Um, the next film we talked about was the film moon Carson, you guessed an 82. I guessed an 86 and moon clocks in at moon clocks in at 90%. So you win. Yeah, so I won. You win that one. I win that one, yes. Yeah, so, damn, so, okay. Yeah. Um, have you ever actually seen Moon? I've not So seen Moon is like, th there's this handful of movies that this happens to a lot, like where I'll, I'll start watching it really late at night, and then I get like 15 minutes through it, and then I stop and go to bed. And I've done that with Moon like three times. Because it's just very like slow and It's uh, very quiet. slow and quiet and like, but I never want to watch it unless it's like three in the morning for some reason. Sure. sure. Yeah. So I've, I've never, but I've seen that beginning a lot and it seems pretty cool, but also I don't know what is going on based upon. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah. Um, well, then the third film we talked about was this year's uh, entry in the, into Roland Emmerich's uh oeuvre a fantastic film fall should have should have won the academy award carson you said a 21 well it it hasn't it, it should have no it should have retroactively won the academy award for 2018 oh okay very yeah. <laughs> an interesting take it should have unseated green book and they should have given the award to roland emmerich honestly i will support that yes. i will support them yes. stripping green book of of its Oscar win and giving it to a film that came out four years later. Um, Carson, for Moonfall, you said 21. Mm -hmm. I said a 26. Uh -huh. Oh, shit. What? So Moonfall is a little <laughs> higher than either of us guessed, so I do win. Damn! But Moonfall is a 36. Yeah, good. It's you a know whole 10% higher. I don't know that I don't know that we've that anybody has ever been off by 10% and still won. Yeah, that's that might be a record. I you know what? Hey, one out of every three critics that walked out of Moonfall said, eh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Uh -huh. 
Yeah, Which, for sure. I had the moon fell. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And honestly, I have a I have a strong feeling that if I were reviewing Moonfall, I would probably be in the uh I would probably be in that one third. But, it's basically my feeling about it. Yeah. I mean, it has Patrick Wilson in it. It's it, not enough. It does. Did you get my Snapchat about Patrick Wilson last night? I did. I did. <laughs> and I stopped what I was doing and I showed it to my partner and was like, I was like, Carson just sent me this. And she was like, What is it? I'm like, just Patrick Wilson was in a thing. And so he sent it to me. I do want you to know that on the other side of that, I was watching. Uh, <laughs> my roommate and I have been watching Girls, <laughs> Lena Dunham's Girls, for God knows why. Um, but we watched an episode with Patrick Wilson in it. I was like, I got to pause it. She was like, why? I was like, I got to send Caroline Patrick Wilson's in this. And she was like, why? And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, she'll like it. I don't know. I love that the that the two people we were watching things with both like, saw it and was this? like, why did you get that? I'm like, because why wouldn't I get that? Yeah, like, why exactly. wouldn't that happen? It's her whole brand. Uh, all right. So Moonstruck. Um, Moonstruck. Moonstruck's uh, so good. I don't even know where to begin. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to begin with something, but this is, I, I don't want us to talk about it right now. I just want this to be kind of the, the cliffhanger that we're going to return to. You know? Okay, interesting. And and here's what it is. Here's what it is. I'm still kind of processing Cage's performance. And I don't know if I, like, am 100% behind it or not. Okay. Yeah. I, we can get there when we get there. Yes. But I'm going to say, much like broadcast news, uh-huh. Uh where you kind of watch it and you're kind of like what's going on here? Like I'm not really sure. And then like you and then like by the end of the movie it clicks yep, and then yep, the yep. next time you watch the movie you're like, "Oh no, it's flawless and there is nothing wrong." That's Nick Cage's performance. I I think that I'm I think that I agree with that, but again, I finished watching this movie like 2 hours ago. So I'm still like I'm working through it. I'm still yep. working through it. Well, we'll okay. come we'll come back to Cage. Yes, we're going to work through the movie and we're going to get there. But I, I will like to say, uh, you know, who is good in this movie? Uh, everyone. everyone. Everyone is good in this movie. Every, even the like, the like, yeah, even like the little tiny character actors. Like I, I keep thinking about like when she goes to the salon and the two women who are just yelling at her, like, you're finally letting us take the grand. You're at, like, just everyone seems so excited to be in a movie in this movie and it's yeah. just it's, or, it's really infectious or the one the one that i always think about is um the the girl who works the who works the cash register at the bakery who takes her down to see nick cage yes and nick cage just like gives the whole like sad story and she just sits there with like the single tear and then he leaves and then she's just like i have been in, desperately in love with that man and he has no idea and hold uh, like blah, blah blah and then like you never see her again no no and it's perfect yeah it's really good i as i said i think i mentioned specifically the writing in this movie being so <sighs> precise isn't exactly the word for it but the thing about this movie that kind of impresses me in terms of its writing is that it does have a weirdly sprawling cast of characters like there is quite a few people just in that main cast i mean they're all there at the end of the movie like they get all nine main people there you know right together but then all these little minor characters and all these little minor details and like the movie does not need to waste time delving into any of these little bits of information i think that you know the the woman that works the cash register is a great example of that but like even some of the main characters like you don't really need to investigate too deeply what is going on with them well and yet they still feel 
very round and very whole and the world of the film still feels very lived in. Well, and I, I mean, so I have I have two things coming off of that. Sure. One is just like that's kind of the John Patrick Shanley of it all. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's very it's very him. Like, I don't know if you've ever read some of his like weirder theater pieces. Um, but like, I mean, we went to the same theater school. Like, mm-hmm. were you ever assigned um, a dreamer examines his pillow? uh yeah that was the the first acting class i ever took that was the uh my final scene was from that yeah and it's just like it's just like i don't know that john patrick shanley has ever reconsidered an idea he's ever had no the man the man gets an idea and he puts it on a page and then it goes in and like i I respect the hell out of that it's yeah and and i think a lesser writer reductive and a bit dismissive of the man's work but at the same time it's like i just i do think he is a writer who so inherently is not interested in writing something for other people and is just like I have these ideas, I have these impulses, they need to live on a page somewhere, and he writes it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel that, and to bring that back to the Moonstruck of it all, like, this film just keeps kind of bringing up ideas and, like, returning to motifs that I think a lesser writer and a lesser filmmaker, and even a lesser cast, given that material, it, it would feel uncohesive, it would just yes. feel like a bag of stuff. But yes. this movie ne- like never feels like that, and, which is and, and, kind and of think... I- amazing. Like it's like I, I to call it a magic trick is also kind of reductive, but it kind of feels like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that leads me to the second point I was going to make after you uh, kind of described like your your like feelings on it is that like I do think that like that's part of I mean it's part of what makes the movie work. Like it's not mm-hmm. a bug; it's a feature. It's yeah, like, yeah. The whole point of this of the movie is that everybody is in their own love story, but it's also mm-hmm. like a weird broken one that's not the thing you see in the movies, which is kind of ironic because it, you know it 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 is yeah. a movie, but like that's the whole that's like the whole point is it's like the fact that it it is like you know it's just like the like the husband and wife who run the who run the store that she uh works at you know mm-hmm. um like they're in their own little love story and they're they like bicker but they have their their cute little moments yeah. and like and you know and just like the guy at the the guy at the restaurant who's the professor who's like dating trying to date women that are like far too young for him like he doesn't really ever get any closure but it's like he's in a story about love like he's a human yeah. being who like feels romantic and sexual feelings mm-hmm. and therefore he is in a love story and yeah. like that ends up bringing in the mother you know what i mean and it's like that is a story about love and romance it's not a wild sweep you off your feet you know yeah yeah and like that's kind of like what is like so endearing about this movie is i think that it's it's almost like we talked about this a while ago over on patreon when we talked about um when we talked about uh, licorice pizza mm-hmm. is I was kind of like, I was like, I don't find myself like horrified at the relationship between these two people because like the film is explicitly surrounding them with like hyper dysfunction in like every other relationship that's represented on film. So like, yeah, this isn't the exception to that. It is at home with them and i think that's kind of Mm -hmm. the same thing too about like nick cage's and Cher's love story is it's like is it's like is it if this were a film about an italian woman living in new york 
who goes and she meets <laughs> her, she meets her, her her fiance's brother and then she mm-hmm. leaves him for his brother who also yeah. was a baker who doesn't have a hand <laughs> um like if that was what this movie was just like solely about i think that like people would kind of like hate it and people would be like wow like you know fucking uh danny aiello was like right about his brother the whole time <laughs> like like they should have been beefing for all these years that's so mean of Cher. like yeah. you know and it, but it's like it's not like oh here's a two or here's a love story about two like star-crossed lovers who were like destined to be together it's like here's like look at all these weird fucking people and they're yeah. all just doing their best and they all just want to live with somebody and fall mm-hmm. in love. Everyone's all mixed up and crazy. Okay, first off, you... <laughs> it is stunning how you recounting the central plot points in the film I just watched. When you put them together like that, they sound so ridiculous and alien <laughs> to me despite the fact that I just watched the movie. <laughs> That's one. And then like... Oh, God, too. I will say that I think that that matches my experience of just watching this for the first time really well, because I, we discussed it in the first half. I knew fucking nothing about this movie going into it. So I just was I just just like it's Cher and Nick Cage and they fall in love. OK, great. That's cool. And so he says, I, you know, my brother and I'm thinking, oh, well, the brother's going to be Nick Cage and then she's going to. And, and I was thinking, like, that's going to be the movie. The movie is going to be, it's this kind of slow burn love story between these two people. And it's very scandalous and it's very dramatic because she's already engaged to the brother. But, you know, we ultimately accept it because we're, first we get the scene where he proposes, which is just so, as the kids would say, so cringy, but it's just like so subtly painful to watch in so many little ways. And then we get the, the immediate next scene where she just says, I don't love him. And so your thing, so my thought is like she's gonna meet the brother. That's the whole rest of the movie is gonna be her and Nick Cage kind of slowly falling for each other. And you're gonna root for them because ultimately the relationship she's in now just doesn't work or make sense. So then, and this is, I think, I think I'm just gonna be threading this in throughout the entire conversation. Then when I get to Nicolas Cage, and <laughs> and I just learn who that guy is and he gives that monologue in which he and i this is i didn't realize that this was from this movie but i've definitely seen nicholas cage going i lost my hand i lost (laughs) my bride before at that point in the movie i got a little scared and i was like i don't know if i don't know if i want to watch a sober movie of her falling in love with this guy this guy's insane. Like, this guy's a, a weirdo. She calls him a wolf. And I'm like, yeah, basically. Which I which I I forgot about that line because last week I said uh Cher is Cher has not aged in the last 50 years. So she's kind of like a vampire. And Nick Cage is very hairy. And so he's kind of a wolf. So it's kind of like it's kind of like Twilight in that way. That but but then she got really to the scene where she's like, You're a wolf. And I'm just like, ah, oh, see, he is a wolf. She is, he is a wolf. Life. That's accurate. Good take. But but yeah. yeah, no, but you're you're 100 percent correct that then the relationship between the two of them becomes just one. I because it, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm saying this is a feature, not a bug. I'm not using this as like a judgment on the film, but like, I don't think that you need to unpack the relationship between those two people or give it a lot of time to breathe or a lot of, you know, set up or make it a slow burn or fucking, you know, do, do a before movie with it because you have all these other characters and all these other little stories that are around it, that buoy it, that give it weight and give it context 
And in the context of that, it is weirdly very charming and and fun and cool to look at and they yeah. and they have good weird sex and that's cool like it's you yeah. know and i mean a totally other a totally i mean it's just a totally different movie that's you know share as a normal human being that we all know and love and she goes and she meets her fiance's abrasive brother and Mm -hmm. over the course of two hours she like slowly learns to like see beneath the rough exterior and we find out why he is the way he is and like finally being vulnerable like let's whatever you know and it's like Mm -hmm. and it's like at an hour you know it's how like a majority of the movie is scenes between her and Danny Aiello and her Mm -hmm. and Nick Cage and that's Mm -hmm. 80 percent of the screen time of the film and halfway through she finally like either admits to herself she has feelings for Nick Cage or like sleeps with Nick Cage or whatever and the whole back half of the film is her like convincing herself she she should be with him you know like that's a more traditional standard rom-com and it's just not what this film is interested in this film is interested in the fact that like hey why do we do the things we do for love nobody fucking knows yeah like we don't fucking know maybe it's the fucking moon yeah maybe who's to say who's to fucking say it's 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 literally like sometimes you meet your fiance's brother with (laughs) one hand and you just gotta jump his bones okay sometimes until you're dead Yeah, I mean, I, I it, okay, must needs to be said. I think we we've clearly we've been dancing around it, but this film is um, Italian American to an absurd degree, but it is yeah, it's awesome, so cool. Yeah, it's like the cool it is like such a good aesthetic and such a good like place to live in. Like it, <laughs> I had this really absurd thought midway through this movie, which was like, why does this feel like my family? My, I'm not fucking Italian. My family's fucking Irish. We are the opposite of that. We, we, I don't live in a nice New York brownstone. We don't have dinner every Sunday. That's not what I'm from. But like, for some reason, I'm just like, God, this just feels so familiar. I mean, you know, you just kind of, your pops doesn't like who you're with and you got to deal with that. And your mom doesn't want you to leave home and you don't want to leave home, but sometimes you just gotta, you know, like, it is very infectious, just the entire kind of aesthetic and spirit of this thing. Um, fucking Danny Aiello is weirdly very good in his two scenes. I kind of, lo- I love the weird quietness of his performance. How every time he's, he's very subtly in a weirdo, a weirdo in yeah. absolute opposition to how, you know, completely balls to the wall cages. Um, but weirdly, I do leave the movie being like, I kind of believe these two guys are brothers. Like, I something about it, I kind of get it. Um, Olympia Dukakis, I freaking loved. I yeah, like loved wonderful. her before. I was like, especially, I found, I think my favorite small scene was the scene with her and the professor. I found that to be kind of oddly way more human and like human and interesting and quiet than I expected it to be, especially given that it starts with this really ridiculous over the top, you know, her throwing the water in his face and then him kind of playing the whole thing off with a slightly misogynistic joke to the restaurant. And you just kind of go, that's gross. And then she's talking and you're just like, come on, don't, don't talk to this guy. And then they have the whole conversation. And I'm like, that is the most empathetic portrayal of a, 
professor that serially hits on his students that I've ever seen. Like, it's, yeah, I don't, you know, like it's it's to the point where like I don't necessarily even want to be like I get it, guy, but like I, you know, it's it's odd. It's very that the guy knows how pathetic he is for doing what he does, but he does it anyway. Is both really kind of enlightening in that particular circumstance and also fits really well with the whole rest of the film and the whole, as you've said, and as we've said, the entire general theme of this thing, which is just like, I don't know, love's weird, attraction's weird sometimes. Who's to say, you know, sometimes you just feel stuff and you act on it and it's dumb and stupid and nobody likes it, but sometimes it's cool and great. Who's, you know, who knows? And I don't know. I think like, especially with the professor, it is that thing where like the film isn't really looking to make excuses. The film Mm -hmm. isn't like, Ooh, get a look at this like kooky character that like you, we all know and love. (laughs) (laughs) It's just kind of like, Hey, you know, that guy, there's a reason why that guy is the way that he is. Let's look at that. It's not like, Oh, it's fine actually, because he's actually sad. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not like, like Olympia Dukakis the entire time is like, you need to stop doing this. Like, this is bad and you know it. And then yeah. he's like, well, what if I like, well, what if I like try to take you home? And it's like, that's not any better. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's like, yeah. I mean, I guess in the sense that like, you know, he doesn't really hold up like the power dynamic over her as like mm-hmm. her professor or yeah, her professor or whatever. But it's just a thing of like, of like, this isn't any more real. This isn't anything closer to love. Like, yeah, a pretty woman listened to you. That's not mm-hmm. love, guy. But yeah. I, I can begrudgingly grant you why you might think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, it, yeah. And I mean, she's just she's just so good at at selling it too. In fact, there are two shots that like stick out in my head whenever I just think of this movie. There's just two of them, and I mean, there's like a dozen of them. But the two that like really just like really pull me in is the one right after she's just like, I want you to stop seeing her. Mm-hmm. And the husband stands up and he hits the table. And he just takes a deep breath and he sits back down and he just goes, okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then it cuts back to her. And there is that look of like, I was just crying. Like she, she saw like the one tear on her face, but there's that also just that relief there. Mm-hmm. And just like, it's a very complex emotion. You yeah. know, it, she's not like, she's not like, oh, I won. Like, like he's not going to see that bitch anymore. Like I beat mm-hmm. her out. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just like that thing of like, you know, this man that I've known my entire life, who I built like my entire life with, who is so entwined, like wronged me. And I am upset about that, but I also want to fix it. And like, mm-hmm. It's a very complex emotion. And then the other one is in response to her. I don't know why, but Danny Aiello answering the question, Emily goes, maybe, just maybe. <laughs> that like really sticks in my head for some reason, but it's both her scenes. Yeah, it's like, because there's kind of one of two ways you sort of expect that performance to go. And and she really lives in the middle. It really is, a, you know, it is that complexity that she's she's bringing out, which is that you kind of either expect her to be, um, oh fuck, I can't. Is it Helen Mirren in Love Actually? Or uh, Love Actually? Who is it? No. Who's the actress? Who the which, hell is it? Which one? The one that gives the speech at the end. 
about how her husband ruined her. You took my trust. It's a very Is it Emma dramatic. Thompson. Emma Thompson. That's it. It's Emma okay. Thompson. Yeah, not not Marin. Emma Thompson. Uh, yeah, but you could you could see her doing the Emma Thompson thing and just really giving a very, you know a performance that is meant to hit the back of the 50,000 seat theater, just really giving it and, and doing that. Um, or you could see her being, you know, like I'm a stone cold bitch. I don't need any man. And I've had, you know, I'm going to win. Like I, I beat her ass. I'm cooler and hotter than she is. And like, yeah, she's not doing either of those things. She's playing it very naturalistically and the script doesn't really lead into either. It, it is way more interested in just being kind of melancholy and odd and just being like, yeah, not not that she found out her husband was cheating on her, but just that like she's kind of suspecting something's off, and maybe that's it. And it hasn't got and like you get the feeling that like it hasn't even gotten that far. She, he's probably seen this woman once or twice. I don't I don't get the read that they've not ne even necessarily done anything physical with each other. It's just the very beginnings of this uh, of of this uh, affair. And yeah, and and yeah, and I I do love the scene where she's just like, stop it, don't do that anymore. And he's just like, yep, no, okay, yeah, I get it, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's really cool. It's very a very subtle performance, and I do really like it. I love how much. Um, I do not know the name of the actor off the top of my head, but just how much motherfucker talks with his hands, just how much he does the Italian hands, and it's Who always dad. Yeah. Yeah, always great, always great. Just, just how like every scene kind of begins with him just being like, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know. I guess you okay. And then he kind of, and then he like loses steam a little bit, and then he gains it back up, and his hand does a little twirl, and it's yeah, it's it's great. It's very cool. Um, yeah, this movie's good. It's really cool. Uh, so let's okay. talk share and let's talk share cage. Let's talk share. I think share is phenomenal in this movie. She's so good. She's so good. She's so good. She's so fucking cute. Once they like do her hair up and she does the whole ball game, very attractive woman share. Um, yeah, she's great. She is um really, I mean, as I've talked about before, like given that this film is not just this straightforward love story, she is tasked with really like mooring a lot of stuff together, like kind of being the, uh, uh, you know, the, the strong wooden post in the middle of the storm of like all the stuff going on in this movie and like being like making it believable that <laughs> making it believable that she would agree to mar marry Danny Aiello and then also making it believable that she would throw that all away in a trist with Nicolas Cage is like, it's a little miraculous. Like it's it's a really cool. Uh, it's really cool that she's able to do that and still come off like seeming like a basically a real person. No, you know? I know, and, yeah. and I mean she is giving a very, a very believable performance. Like it's it's it is very. I don't know if I would say naturalistic, but it's very not over the top. Yes. Um, which is really helps to sell everything that she's doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's wild to think that in this film where you get like, you know, where you have Nick Cage, like the, I lost my, like, I lost my bride. I lost my hand. Like yeah. when you, like you have all that, you have the big Olympia Dukakis scene at the end, yeah. you know, you have like Danny Aiello being just such a fucking doof. 
and um and Cher still wins uh best actress at the Oscars yeah. that year. Yeah. And Olympia Dukakis did win too for best. Oh, did you? Uh, that's, that's which, which is deserved. But like yeah. it's just like you would think that like in a film with so many big bigger performances that like it's nice that she still wins because i mean she's very integral to the film working but mm-hmm. yeah and, and and the fact that the tone of this thing can handle both share playing a frustrated middle-aged woman who is you know dealing with the intricacies of love and an old italian man who walks dogs and just kind of walks around mumbling for the entire movie and really has no bearing on the plot i think it's hilarious that he catches he catches dukakis and the professor walking back and does that have any bearing on anything no not at all it is just there for color because of course that guy would be there um but yeah no Cher is titanic she is incredible her acting talent mirrors the size of her hair in this movie correct to say that it is big um yeah just like it's incredible again i i already highlighted it but the first scene with aiello the way that she plays against him being such a doofball the fact that this guy the fact that this motherfucker was smart enough to plan ahead and be like we will go to the restaurant i will i'll pull a spider-man three i'll signal the waiter and he'll come over and you know we'll do the dessert cart thing it's a pre-planned thing but motherfucker did not buy a ring he did not really think through the actual like what words am i gonna say i'm gonna get down to like and that share has to instruct him like, like on one knee come on you get like and she manages to find the balance between being like chastising him but not being completely charmed by him, like still putting him in his place. It's just cool. And it's funny. It's this movie's so fucking funny, too. That's another thing that I don't think I ever like exactly spelled out before. But yeah, and she's just good in every scene. She manages to play against Nicolas Cage, which is a bit of a feat in itself, given yeah. his performance in this movie. Um, yeah. He'll kick you till you're dead. <laughs> it's like, ah, and like, I, I love this movie. It doesn't really have jokes. It just kind of has like silly funny, little beats. Silly yeah. little beats and like little happenstances and somebody, the actors are good enough to like, there's nothing inherently funny in the line, but they find a funny way of saying it, you know, that doesn't break the tone of the film, but still works as a joke and as a comedy bit uh yeah it's shares incredible uh that being said yeah did, well is, is we gonna, I, I, before we before we move one, one more yes yes and this Whatever is less about share and more sure. just kind of like some of the the things you're getting at is i just feel like and i mean we've talked about it before like you know adam mckay's whole thing of just like you know once we could do digital and we could do coverage mm-hmm. and we could shoot a scene 47 times and instantly view it a hundred different ways in the editing bay and you can just like reconstruct it and refigure it and rejig- like rejigger everything around like so much of like american studio comedy became about just like saying the most insane thing or like saying the most like mm-hmm. ridiculous thing and like just doing 10 different jokes over and over and over which is like not necessarily a bad thing but just like too many movies 
like rely on like what if the character said a funny thing and not what if the dumbest thing in the universe happened and somebody yeah. just had to like roll with it and i for one missed that yeah yeah when when things were circumstantially funny rather than i mean i i said it and it is true about this movie that a lot of times it is not that there's a joke in the line and the actors find a, a way to say it funny but on the flip side of that there's a lot of comedy scripts that you see now that you're like, do they even fucking write jokes or did they just kind of trust? Like, I don't know. Pete Davidson's got it. He's, he knows, he knows how to say a line in a way that's funny. He can, he can figure it out, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's, and it, yeah, it's great. I do. I miss, I miss it. We, we've talked about it a lot, but I miss, I miss comedies. Comedies were cool. Um, oh, my roommate, Saw bodies, bodies, bodies today, and I really I didn't get to see it. I'm I need to. Uh, it is in that one. pretty okay. I've I've it's heard, good. yeah, she really liked it. I've heard I've heard so many mixed things, but I'm curious to the point where I'm like I'm supremely curious. Like I want to know. And it's not I just, bad. I would never say it's bad. Yeah. I would say it is so. It's just it's so much. Mm. It's just it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think it I think it's one of those films because it's like 90 minutes. I think if it was a 45 minute film, I think mm-hmm. it'd be a masterpiece. Yeah. But yeah. If it was like an evil dead one length, like you could, yeah. All right. So this is um, this is gonna be my my metaphor to propel us into the because I think what I want the cage co- <laughs> what I explicitly want the cage conversation to be. Because I think I agree with what you said at the beginning of the beginning of the conversation, is that I'm just going to say stuff that I do like about this performance, and I want to talk to you about it, and okay. I just want to see if together we can talk me into being like, no, yeah, it's really good. Because okay. I I truly do think that that is what's going to happen. Because I like Nicolas Cage a lot. He was, uh, you know, when we did the Howies last year, motherfucker was on my best actor list. For I Pig, think, right? For Pig, which he is very, very, is a movie that's like pretty okay, but I think he is really, really good in. Um, so like, this is my metaphor. The other thing, because as I said, this is another callback. My roommate and I have been watching Girls. Um have you ever have you ever seen any of that show? No, I've not. Yeah, this is this is the problem with watching a TV show that was relevant a decade ago is that I keep going around being like, "Hey, anybody want to talk about Lena Dunham's girls with me?" and everybody's like, "No, man, like no, that's weird." Do you see the new season of The Boys? And I'm like, "No, not yet. I haven't." Okay, honestly, good bit. Good bit picking The Boys as the as the counter yeah, show. Thank to, you. Thank you. To girls, right? Um I was thinking about that one earlier, but like fucking so Adam Driver, his character in Girls, I feel like it weirdly owes a lot to Nicolas Cage's performance in this movie. Okay. To the point where I was watching this and I'm like, and they shouldn't do this. Do not do this. Hollywood. Hey, hey, John Hollywood, president of Hollywood, if you're listening to this don't fucking do this but if they were to remake moonstruck i'd be like oh yeah driver is the cage role like oh yeah one because he's yeah like Like, he's obviously like so part of my thought is like look this kind of performance i mean you can trace the lineage of it like you know it's it's a little james deany it's a little fucking uh, uh 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 what's his facey blanking on names tonight but like this kind of guy who's usually so kind of 
I feel like this character archetype usually is played a little moodier, a little bit more on the back burner, kind of all that anger and that aggression and that, you know, that sort of wild masculinity is played a little under wraps. You know, that is kind of, I think, the James Dean archetype of it all of like, yeah, this guy's ready to pop at any moment, but he's never quite there yet. And I think that Cage does a thing in this movie that Adam Driver weirdly does in a lot of his roles. It's a thing that I think he is fairly well known for at this point, where he just is like, no, like this character in this situation, this guy would be so weird and aggressive and odd that he'd probably just yell. He'd probably just kind of yell about shit and be very over the top and outward with his emotions. And uh, hey, yeah, if uh, living in the world and like, one, being a man, and two, knowing other men and, like, knowing the way that masculinity works, I think is, like, actually a lot closer to reality than the cool guy James Dean thing. Like, I think it's probably close to what that dude would actually be like in real life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think that now we see Driver doing that and people are, like, upset. They're like, oh, wow, you know, what a a revelation. And, uh... And in a film that has absolutely no intention on showing any sort of aspirational, like, this is what you should go for. It's just a film yeah. about some weird little guys. Uh, <laughs> like, it, it works. A couple of little, little Italians just running around doing weird shit. Yeah. I mean, like, that's literally, like, that's literally Cher's entire fucking arc is like, I met the perfect man. He was perfect. Uh, the universe said, fuck that. A car ran him over. <laughs> well, he got hit by a bus. Or a bus, rather, yeah. He got hit by a bus. Um, R.I.P. And it's just that thing of, like, like, in the world of waiting around for the perfect, uh, like, the perfect person, in the world in which you only like you only choose to marry Danny Aiello because it makes sense and he's a good guy and it's fine yeah like find your weird wolves who chew off their own hands that take you to the opera it's like it's like neither of those things is really gonna ever happen like like you can you can pick the person who just like makes the most sense Mm -hmm. like okay he's got a good job he wears a suit he takes me to Italian restaurants and like whatever and he loves his ma um, yeah. Or you can be sitting around waiting for like the perfect guy. Or I mean, you can just like go to the bakery and see this weird dude and then sleep with him and then find out he likes the opera and then go to the opera with. Him. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like it's like the reality is certainly somewhere in between the middle of those two poles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, and so that's the thing is like Cage is giving an ultimate weird little guy performance. <laughs> Of which he's given a lot in his career, I will say that it's uh, one of the, the niches that Nicolas Cage falls pretty neatly into is a uh, weird little guy, um, despite the fact that he's like fucking 6'4". But like, is he really that tall? <laughs> he's really tall. Yeah, wait, let me look it up. Let me verify that. But I'm pretty sure Nicolas Cage is like really tall. Uh, Nick Cage height. Oh, maybe not. No, he's like six foot. He's like my height. OK. All right. Very normal. Damn. Very normal man height. Yeah, it's like a little above average. As we know, any man who is below 5'11 is quite literally a shrimp. They are tiny. It is a a defect. It is a a character flaw. Yes, Um, this is a joke. This is true. This is a joke. Do not hear this and become an incel. 
you're fine. The average height for a man is like five eight. Hey, you know, you know those uh, two girls you saw on the dating app yesterday? They're not. They're they're. That's like a small minority. They're not real. They're probably bots, honestly. Uh, oh god it's bad <laughs> dating nowadays is bad and there's so many incels everything's terrible uh except for this movie which is good um yeah i mean my only reservation about cage's performance is that at times it it is so outlandish that as i said given that this this film does have a tone which is pretty precise and very well controlled and can handle a, a silly old Italian man just like walking around murmuring and giving meatballs to dogs and like share having fairly deep conversations with her, you know, her father that like at times I'm like, damn cage really is kind of just like sitting on top of this movie. Like his particular brand of goofiness is hopping out of the screen in a way that's like a, a little jarring. Um, but I don't know. I'm also of the mind that like, look, if there's a performance that is like so compelling that you cannot look away from it there's probably even if it's even if it's train wreck there's something good about it um so yeah yeah Yeah. and i don't know i i do feel too i i have to say i think a lot of it is i do think a lot of that is getting lost in the nicholas cage sauce you know what i mean just like with all the with with like the last 30 or 40 years of hindsight like watching this movie it is that thing of like okay well nicholas cage went on to be like a weird fucking dude and got like so like dragged for so many years for being just like mm-hmm. over the top and wild and like fuck wild and blah blah, blah 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 and especially too where you're not entirely sure where the movie's going when you're introduced to him and we all know what nicholas cage sounds like so well that like i think Cher is doing a very uh, a very good very natural very understated accent that works yeah. perfectly um like i think she's doing very 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 good accent work cage um, we all know what nicholas cage's voice sounds like identically in a way yes. that we don't know what Cher's voice sounds like and i really don't think upon rewatch i really don't think cage's accent is really that bad or that wild i think it's mm-hmm. actually closer to what Cher is doing than we give him credit for yes i think we're just familiar with his speaking voice more and i think that that's true and he's just significantly less understated of a character than what Loretta than like you know Loretta's character and I think like the first time I watched this film I'm like oh man Cage is doing like the Nicolas Cage thing I guess this might be where it all began and last night when I was like sitting on the couch watching this like he gets that first scene and I'm like no, that's what I would ask anybody in the world to do who's playing this role. Yeah, that's maybe the best choice an actor can make in that scene. He right. does, yeah, because in my mind, I do kind of, and I don't think it's, you know, egregious or anything, but like, I do kind of think his accent sounds a little bit like, what if Super Mario had a head cold? I do kind of <laughs> think he's doing that. For mo- he is so snotty. He does. Th- I will say it's not so much the accent for me. It's more that he just it's all he kind of sounds like he's got something in his nose the whole time. Um, but no, I believe that because that is an, a Nicholas Cage. I, I mean, a lot of big name actors kind of depending on the movie, either really suffer or really benefit from our previous knowledge of them, our knowledge of these people and their bodies in context and them in other places, you know, that like actors are elements in movies that exist 
metatextually almost always because we know what they are outside of the movie. Nicolas Cage, however, maybe more so than any other actor, like I get to, I lost my hand, I lost my bride. And my brain thinks, well, now the screen's going to cut and it's going to go to him in Vampire's Kiss going A, P, C, D, E, F. And then it's going to cut again. And then he's going to go, not the bees. Like you do just every time I see Nicolas Cage get a little bit, a little bit too cagey. I do expect it to be just like, oh, I'm watching a, com- a Nick Cage compilation, you know? <laughs> sure, like, sure. there is that very particular aspect of him as an actor that, like, as you said, is, like, kind of hard to to get over, especially on your first viewing of something. It's why I think, weirdly enough, I do think it's why, like, I remember when it came out, so many people were just so, like, utterly impressed with Cage in Into the Spider-Verse. Like, I think just the fact that his voice was disassociated from his face, people were, like, a little amazed by how good he can be, you know? Right. Because they just didn't have... you're not seeing his face and you're not seeing the hand gesture. Yeah, exactly. Because I can absolutely see Nick Cage doing... Oh, yeah. This is an audio medium, but very much Yes, yes. (laughs) Very, very insane hand moves while he's in the booth recording the exact tapes that made it into the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. I can picture that very easily. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think on, I, I, I hope on a subsequent rewatch, you will, uh, you will, uh, be like, oh, no, pitch perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. hundred percent. That is kind here. of my, is sort of my expectation at this point because yes. yeah, I mean, I, I have no, uh, I am, I am definitely on the side of the cage. I mean, Hey, not to say that every single thing the man has ever been done has been gold that's <laughs> far from it but i am way more on the side of the nicholas cage apologists than the nick cage haters um to the point where like anytime kind of uses cage as like an example of a bad actor i'm always just like okay well i don't really trust your taste i guess <laughs> i guess no, you know 100 like, yeah. it's anybody who says that i don't know it's like nick cage is a bad actor is just like the well if i was in a zombie movie i simply wouldn't get bitten by it yes like, yes you know what i mean it's like it's like it's it's the the cinema sins version of like acting takes you know it's the very mm-hmm. just like it's the very like well <laughs> well i i've watched the imdb top 250 and i read what the afi's 100 years 100 movies are i know everything mm-hmm. about cinema yeah. like it's just like if something is realistic or good or makes logical sense then it's a good movie and it's like you know like where's the love where's the love of the craft where's the love of just like i watch 100 fucking movies a year and i've never seen somebody do that yeah (laughs) like where's you know i don't know yeah no i mean it's you know it's why i just love jared leto and morbius so much i've never seen anybody really (laughs) no i'm I'm fucking around i'm fucking around i did i did see morbius and it was uh uh, bad uh but yeah like fun bad or just bad no caroline here's the thing it's i i finished watching that movie and i was like the fact that there are so many like memes around this thing that have made it so fun really i think is even in my own mind while watching it kind of obscuring just how much of like a soulless excuse for a piece of art it is like it is truly truly like you can see like three dudes like in the sony corporation counting money 
as you're watching the film, just being like making the cold, logical, like, well, yes, Spider-Man villain movie, uh, Jared Leto plus bleh, Matt Smith equals bleh, $50 million opening day, you know, whatever. And it's just, it's so bad. It's really bad. Yeah. Does, does really your bad. opinion on, did, let me know if this doesn't, if it doesn't make sense, but I think it's okay. Does your opinion on Morbius make my opinion on Venom 1 look like your opinion of Venom 1? <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Go back. Say that again. Say that again. Does your opinion on Morbius okay. make my opinion of Venom 1 yes. look like your opinion of Venom 1? <laughs> relatively seeking. Yes, yes, it does. Correct. Okay, cool. That's kind of what I, that's kind of the vibe I was getting from like the, just from like the, the trailer and everything is I'm like, this looks like they're trying to, this looks like they learned in the way that Venom 2 learned all of the right lessons yeah, from yeah. Venom 1 and still was just like, we, we don't care. We, we don't care if it sucks. Yeah. Morbius uh, learned all the wrong, seemed from the trailers anyways, to have learned all the wrong lessons from Venom 1. <laughs> And the next testing round of that, Madam Webb, the hot new. <laughs> Look, Dakota Johnson said that I'm going to be there opening night, but yeah, like, I'm not going to enjoy it. Dakota Johnson that is vaguely related to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, that's, look, that's, that's basically like, if Honestly, you were somewhere, to... somewhere, Carson, somewhere yeah. we were, this has nothing to do with Moonstruck, but somewhere <laughs> you and I were in a bar and you just spitballed you, yeah. you said the word I wish and then spitballed something <laughs> about a movie and then somewhere a monkey paw yeah I said here are a list of things I like Dakota Johnson Spider-Man and then yeah you said I really wish those two things, two things. I wish Dakota Johnson was in a Spider-Man movie yeah and then monkey yeah paw. the monkey's paw went down <laughs> absolutely and they said this is the uh, do you want the most literally the most cursed fucking version of that you can possibly imagine uh, here you go all right to bring it back to moonstruck i have one question yes it. another just a silly little fun because we didn't do recast it but uh i mean i think adam driver is absolutely cadrol who's the share in like if you do the modern moonstruck who is the share Does it have to be Zendaya? Oh, fuck Caroline. I mean, literally like, said like, that to my roommate earlier. I was like, and Zendaya. I was like, like ah. pop star, like pop star turned actor plays. Yeah, could, curly could, hair. Could could really could really play the cynical, like jaded mm-hmm. kind of like I'll kick you till you're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, th- like, does it kind of have to be Zendaya? Like, is there another? That is literally exactly what I said to my roommate earlier. My only reservation is that she is not just that she is younger than Adam Driver, but if you keep the if you keep like the literal text of this movie intact, the shared character needs to be in her late 30s like that. It is actually important information that's actually to the film. That is my only hang up with Zendaya as a choice there, because otherwise she is like perfect. That's true. Um, need someone like ten years older. I mean, the only other person, and this is this is a bad. Well, it's it's maybe not a bad option, mm-hmm. but this is only an older pop star turned actress. But just like I don't know, maybe Jennifer Hudson. I don't know. I could see it. the right age. I'm tr- just trying to think of other singers. Yeah, but I guess it doesn't have to be a singer. But like, if you're if you're doing a remake of, movies well, I mean, you kind of want it. 
I mean Jennifer Lopez. Uh, Jennifer, Jen- Jennifer uh, Lopez. You make it the family. The family is 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 Hispanic instead of Italian. But Adam Driver is still. He's hey Adam Driver. He's still baking bread. You, I'd watch Adam Driver bake some bread. Fuck, that's bad. Be pretty good. Fuck, you just move it from good, Brooklyn actually. to the Bronx. Yeah. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Oh yeah. I'm I'm all for Jennifer for Jennifer Lopez Affleck. Jennifer Affleck Lopez. Yeah. They've tweeted a picture of the marriage certificate and it didn't say Jennifer Affleck on it. Yeah. I'm sure she will still go by Jennifer Lopez it, in all yeah. professional spaces, but it'd be very weird if she did not. But yeah, no, it's uh it'd be such a flex though if she didn't. <laughs> She's like, you know who the what? fuck I am. <laughs> She's like, you know who the fuck I am. Living like, live, living in 2022 is very weird because we can get into these conversations where it's like, look, taking your husband's last name can be pretty fucking girl bossy, actually, if you think <laughs> about it. <laughs> I mean, it's like in her in her situation, it's kind of true. Yeah, yeah. Because like, no, that's no, the I get thing. it. I'm not saying you're wrong. That's the fucking thing. Like, uh, like. If if there's a trailer that says Jennifer Affleck and yeah. somebody's just like who, who is that? Like, yeah, who the be fuck like fuck that shut is? the fuck up. Like I didn't know I didn't know Ben Affleck's wife was an yeah. Affleck. Was uh-huh. like, shut the fuck. Yes, you fucking did. Yeah. Like, you know who this person is. Yeah, shut your mouth. Yeah, that's true. If you true. didn't from the name, which I know you fucking did, you know exactly who she is from the. <laughs> photo of her in the uh, trailer and you say yeah. oh that's jennifer lopez yeah exactly damn that's yeah that's so funny uh yeah Nothing no that's means perfect anything culture has fully <laughs> itself do the do the moonstruck sequel fuck make it like an iron man crossover i don't give a shit anymore <laughs> i don't fucking care they Somehow should make tie do, it into tie it into the sony spider-man nothing universe. make it no make it let if it's all about if it's gonna be about family and it's Jennifer Lopez, just make it a past of the Furious. God movie. damn it, you stole my joke. That was gonna be the next joke I was just about to say. Fast and the Furious presents Moonstruck. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> I don't care. Nothing means anything. What if what if Adam Driver playing the Nick Cage role is like, I lost my hand, I lost my bride, and then he gets in a, a sick fucking vehicle and just hits the NOS and drives away. <laughs> Oh, it'd be so sick. The only thing he loves more than 10 second cars is (laughs) bread. Bread? There's so much bread. That scene, I was like, damn, how much bread are they making? And how much bread do they sell? They're making so much fucking bread. If they're a bakery that stays in business, one would hope they're making and therefore selling much bread. That is true. That that is true. All right. I think I I think I think that's drunk (laughs) strap. That's it. Jesus fucking uh, Christ. Uh, well, oh. that Chuck. So, producer Corey, would you be so kind as to tell all of the fine people on the internet where they can find our show? If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review also would really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, all at HHYNSPod. Special thank you to our patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash HHYNSPod. We have multiple levels, all with their own perks, ranging from $1 to $25 a month. Like I said, if you're interested in hearing more, please visit patreon.com slash HHYNSPod.
Fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, Caroline, do you want to know what we're doing next week? Is it Fast and Furious X Marry Me? No. Okay, what is it? Uh, they, they're not letting me produce movies yet, so that one hasn't happened yet. Uh, no, we are much like how we needed to finish our Twilight series. We are finishing another long-going series on this show. We are going to be returning to the Before Trilogy, to the last of the Before Trilogy, and we're going to be watching uh, Before Fucking Midnight. I am Baby. so fucking excited. I am so excited. So excited. I am so goddamn excited. It's going to be great. I'm, um, yeah. Once we finish these, do we just need to find other people who haven't seen them and bring them on the show? And I would look. Do them again. If once every nine, not even years, once every nine months, we just get a new person on and make them watch the entire trilogy, it's, uh, I'd be okay with that. I love it. I'd I love pretty it. Good. Well, uh, um, that having been said, I am so fucking stoked to watch that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so much so that uh, I think that that is the end of this episode. I, I think so, too. All right. Thank you guys all so much for listening. And we'll see you next week when we talk before midnight.